Good morning. Welcome to uh, Patch Chapel. If we have not met, my name is Kelly Porter. I am the Deputy Command Chaplain for UCOM. And I'm uh, really glad that you're here to, to worship uh, the Lord this morning. <clears throat> As we begin our service, I want to read from Psalm uh, 107, which says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say this, those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men, for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Let's pray. Our God, we thank you that you are that kind of God, that no matter where we are in life, when we cry out to you, you respond, you care, you know our needs. And Lord, we have been through many events this past week. And so as we gather here today, we pray that you would focus our hearts, our minds on you. We pray that the, the worries and uh, cares of the world would not uh, distract us and weigh us down, but that you would lift us up. We worship that kind of God that we've just heard about. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Well, let us continue in worship with uh, hymn number 562, Be Thou My Vision. Would you please stand?
be seated. Last week, I had made mention of a, uh, an effort to have more of an organized uh, prayer ministry uh, in, our, in our chapel. And so after the, the service today, I'm going to uh, have a meeting with anyone who really wants to be a part of organizing that. It won't be a prayer meeting. It'll be a planning meeting uh, for our prayer ministry. Um, you know, we have some... Uh, amazing pastors here, Eric and Ryan, and they, they say things like, uh, we want to build community, we want to do life with you. Uh, and they're great. They're, they, they're genuine and they're, they're honest about that. Uh, I'll be honest, that's not me. I'm perfectly comfortable sitting uh, in, the, in the living room, watching the ball game and letting the whole world go by. Um, but I know that's, that's not good. It's kind of like eating chocolate, you know. Uh, you can eat there every day, but that's uh, not necessarily good for you. So avoiding others, staying by yourself, is not really how God designed for us to be, and definitely not how God designed the church. And I think prayer is one of those ways that we can be united, that we can be together, that we can understand each other, and know what we're going through, and uh, encourage and support and truly build uh, community. And so that's what uh, this prayer effort is about. So... If prayer is on your heart, if it's on your mind, come after the service, and we're going to look out over this next year uh, how we can have some intentional uh, moments of, of prayer for our congregation. I also mentioned uh, Sanctity of Life Sunday. So since 1984, uh, the United States has observed by presidential proclamation um, a day in January to emphasize the dignity of human life. Uh, this year, it will be observed on 22 January, but for our congregation, uh, we're going to have uh, a special time in the service at the end of the month on 29 January. Uh, time to pray, time to uh, understand uh, what God's Word says um, about life. And I mention that because on that day, we'll have a designated offering, um, more information um, about that. Uh, but uh, the, the offering is going to go to support Focus on the Family, uh, which for years has promoted uh, life and informed us and kept us aware of what's happening uh, in, in society and in culture. So 29 January, Sanctity of Human Life, designated offering. And one final thing, uh, you heard Chaplain... Um, I was about to say Chaplain Eric, but it's uh, Chaplain Brian. You heard Eric last week in his message talking about the excellence of Christ. And, and one way to, to promote the excellence of Christ is through the arts. And so he invited, especially our students, uh, if you wanted to uh, submit anything, any kind of artwork, uh, that uh, we'll do that. Come on up, Kate. So immediately two of our students jumped up and, and ran up to Eric after the service and said, we want to be a part of that, um, uh, Kate and, and Madeline. And so they're going to be uh, leading that uh, effort to promote the excellence of Christ. So Kate's going to tell you how they're going to do that. Good morning. My name is Kate Porter, and I will be helping organize our art display. 
So for the next three months, we will be collecting art up until Palm Sunday, and then we will display art around Easter, and our theme is the excellence of Jesus. It can be anything from paintings to drawings to sculptures. However God has gifted you, you can use it to honor him, and we will display it. I like to see that 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 desire and that energy is coming from our, our young people, um, and that's just amazing what God is doing uh, among our students. Well, let's continue to worship as uh, we hear uh, God's word. Um, Ah, okay. Uh, our our next uh, our worship will be from uh, hymn number seven hundred five. Uh, it is well with my soul, and then we'll hear from uh, God's word. Let's let us sing now.
scripture reading comes from Proverbs chapter 3 verses 1 through 8 and our second scripture reading comes from James chapter 5 verses 13 through 20. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 1 through 8 can be found on page 450 in your pew Bibles. My son, don't forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commands for they will bring you many days, a full life, and well-being. Never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. Tie them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will find favor and high regard with God and people. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. This will be healing for your body and strengthening for your bones. James chapter 5, verses 13 through 20 can be found on page 856 on your pew Bibles. Is anyone among you suffering? He should pray. Is anyone cheerful? He should sing praises. As anyone among you sick, he should call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick person, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. Elijah was a human being as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the land. Then he prayed again, and the sky gave rain, and the land produced its fruit. My brothers and sisters, if anyone among you strays from the truth and someone turns him back, let that person know that whoever turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hey, thanks a lot, Kate. Uh, if our ushers would come forward, we'll receive the offering at this time.
have a seat. As we come into our uh, time of uh, prayer this morning, remember the requests that were, that were made last week, uh, entering a, a new year, students going back, um, prospects for the, for the future, and then I know we have a lot of other concerns on our mind. I'm just wondering, is there anything specific that you would want us to pray for this morning? Right. Yeah, my, my yesterday my brother-in-law, uh, someone cut him off and his car flipped, and he's in the he's in the uh, ICU right now. ICU, he's in a hospital. So uh, just pray for he, uh, healing. And my sister's shook up, and my niece's nephew. And so Ryan's brother-in-law in a car accident uh, this week and is in in the hospital in the ICU. Uh, Always a very scary time. Let's pray for their family. Anything else? Yes. Uh, one of our buddies crashed on the zoo spits yesterday. Mm. Uh, they're in surgery right now. Mm. Been been two years, years, yeah, she wasn't supposed to live after six months, mm. but she's still alive now, so. Wow. How's she doing now? now? Um, there hasn't been any growth uh, in the last couple of MRIs, but they had to change up some stuff because some of her brain cells are starting to die mm. because of all the radiation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let's pray. Our Lord God, thank you for the privilege of prayer. Thank you that you, you do care. You're a compassionate God who wants to hear from us. And so we lift up these concerns, uh, all very serious, um, some very life-threatening uh, in fact, we pray for Ryan's brother-in-law involved in this car accident, uh, currently in the ICU. We pray that, uh, that he would be well, that you would use those doctors to treat him, to understand what all the trauma impact has been. We especially pray for Ryan's sister, a lot of fear, I'm sure, um, and, and confusion, and maybe just not knowing what to do. May, may she trust in you right now be calmed to know that you will provide for him and you will take their family uh, through this. We pray for this friend who was in the accident uh, this past week up on the Zugspitz. A um, lot of families out uh, skiing this time of year, a lot visiting the mountains. We know Many, many accidents like this can occur. And so we pray that you'd watch over your people, protect them and guide them, and may we be reunited again. And we also pray for Vicki, for this sister. Uh, we don't think about our siblings too much. We just kind of assume they'll always be there. 
And so, Lord, when something tragic like brain cancer happens, um, it's just very difficult to even know what to think about that. We thank you for the, the life that you have given to this family when doctors thought it would be much shorter, that she has continued on these two years. But we pray, God, that you would provide the, the physical comfort for her. And may we continue to remember her in her, in her physical struggle. We pray in all of these things, God, that uh, we would not lose hope, but that everyone involved would turn to you. Your word says that Christ is the hope of glory. And even though our suffering may be very real here, we know that one day we will have a greater life. We look forward to that. May we have hope that you walk with us each day. Thank you for your greatness. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Well, Eric has uh, introduced uh, for this year uh, a series of of questions uh, that he wants us to look at. Little short questions with little short answers, and, and all to get, when you put them all together at the end of the year, they, they better explain what it is that, that we believe as, as followers of Christ, as disciples of, of Christ. Last week, we looked at uh, what is God. Uh, today, we're looking at a question maybe we don't think too often. How many persons are there in God? How many persons are there in God? Uh, it's talking about this word that we hear a lot, but maybe we're not totally sure what it means, Trinity. I think the Bible best explains uh, this answer in 2 Corinthians 13. Uh, look at this greeting, or this, this, this blessing. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And all three of those... God the Father, and God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they're all equal, equal in power and glory and, and in substance. And, and we could kind of leave it at that, but whereas last week, when you, when you ask a question like, what is God, it's, it's, it's significant and it's big, and people hear this question and think, well, you know, it's kind of nice, it's nice to hear in a Sunday school class, but what, what really is the importance? Is it more than just this confusing math problem? I think there's a few reasons why it's important. It helps us to understand God more fully. This is how he is. You know, we don't worship multiple gods. We worship one God. It helps us to understand unity and diversity. Uh, the, the three persons of God have always been, and they've always worked together, and they've always been uh, united. And it shows us what we really want for our life and for our world. It helps us to understand love. The three have always had a relationship of love since before time began. And that's something many, many people seek in their own life. Love was not created. Love is. Love is this being. It helps us to recognize the authority and the roles of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. You know, a lot of times we, we sort of tail off when we get toward the end. The Holy Spirit, well, that's nice. But what does he really do? And it helps us to believe in the significance of Jesus' birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection. It wasn't that a man died on a cross. It was that God, the Son, 
offered his life as a sacrifice for us so that we could have eternal life with him. So very important question. All three of these persons, we we may never fully understand it, this side of heaven, um, but we can rely and trust in in God's word and what he says um, is true. So as we uh, continue in in worship, let's uh, have that thought in mind as Ryan uh, brings God's word to us, right? Good morning, everybody. Um, If I haven't met you, my name is Ryan. I'm part of the the Patch family. I couldn't help but look at my my phone just now. And so I got a a text from my sister. And um, and, uh, yeah, you got it too, Jeanette. It says, thank you for the wonderful prayer. He was cleared and he's cleared at the hospital and he's home now. So that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for your prayer. God answers so fast. He got cut off, and then his car flipped, and he ended up crawling out of the car. And um, the person who caused the accident is, is now is arrested, maybe drunk driving. I don't know the details, but, but thank you. Thank you so much for your prayers. Okay, um, so we're on week three of our 2023 series called The Excellence of Jesus. Jesus never wrote a book. Yet more books have been written about him than anybody else, I would challenge. Jesus never went to music school. But more songs are sung about Jesus than any other human being. Jesus never went to art school. But more art has been painted and sculpted about Jesus than, than anybody in the world in the history of mankind. Jesus never went to medical school, yet he healed people from things that doctors today still can't do, even resurrecting people from the dead. He gave, he gave people uh, sight to the blind, which is our, our message today. So we begun the series by saying, who is Jesus? What's his mission? What did he come to do? If you want to know who Jesus is, you have to look at his mission. And then we talked about the excellence of Jesus as he's portrayed in each gospel. Now today we're going to talk about healing. Jesus is way too popular to ignore. Everybody in here must, at some point in your life, answer the question, who is Jesus? And to ignore Jesus is detrimental. He's just too popular. If you were to tell me when you were born then you would tell me how many years has it been since Jesus was born. Did you know that? If you were born in 1990, that means you were born 1,990 years after Jesus. If you were born in 2000, that means you were born 2,000 years after Jesus. Our whole calendar revolves around Jesus. You can't get away with it. And so everybody has to answer the question, who is Jesus? Now, who is Jesus? Well, We're going to refer back to his mission statement week after week because everything Jesus does flows out of his mission. It flows out of his... If Jesus was in the military, I guess they would call that the Lord's Army. I would call it the Lord's Lord's Navy or Marine Corps, whatever. But he would have these five operational objectives. 
This is Jesus' mission. In Luke chapter 4, he said, I came so that to preach good news to the poor. Mission one, or his line of effort number one. Okay. Second one, to proclaim release to the captives. That's people who are held captive. And Jesus is always talking about spiritual things. Like he, he'll do physical things in the physical, visible world, but it's always connected to a spiritual, invisible, eternal, kingdom-focused truth. The third thing that Jesus came to do is to recover sight to the blind. That's today's message. But it's not just physically blind. It's also spiritually blind, people with blind spots. Fourth, he came to set free the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, as we know is an allusion to Isaiah 61, which is an allusion to to Leviticus 25, which was an awesome time in Israel where every 50 years, everybody would be cleared of all their debt. Can you imagine that? Imagine all your debt just disappearing at the 50-year mark. Jesus came to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, which means forgiveness and healing and forgiveness for everybody that's ever owed you anything. It's true freedom. And it's all with the objective of kingdom living here on earth as it is in heaven. We're supposed to live as we are in heaven here on earth. Okay? So I want to focus on, on his mission of setting free the oppressed. The word here is, there's, there's two Greek words, apostele, uh, apostelai, which means to send forth and the oppressed, the oppressed. This is literally uh, people who are shattered and broken, thrown and broken, downtrodden, overwhelmed with trouble. If you're suffering in here physically, or mentally, or spiritually, or emotionally, that can, that can weigh on you. Jesus came for that. So today's message is on the excellence of Jesus in healing. Now we're going to do something different. Um, if you would open your Bibles, pick one of these passages. I don't care which one, whatever one draws you. If you're a Matthew person, you like Matthew, open to Matthew. If you like Mark, open to Mark. If you like Luke, he's a doctor. He never actually saw, never even saw Jesus, um, but he was writing an account of what he heard and was passed down to him. Okay? So as you follow along, each story is different because the gospel writers write from three, three different perspectives. It's like someone witnessing a car accident from here, here, and here, and they're all writing on it. So while the gospels vary in their stories... They're all communicating the same truth, just from different perspectives. Does that, does that make sense? But um, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to preach today. I, I have a guest speaker. I'm just going to go get him, and he'll be right back, okay? Just, just one second. Oh, shalom. Shalom. Uh, my name is uh, Bartimaeus. I'm a Jew, and I used to be blind. Yes, this was... This was my old stick, and I, I grew up, I grew up in, uh, in Israel, in a town uh, by, by where Jesus lived, and I just used to walk around with this stick all the time, and life was horrible. You know what it's like to be blind in my day? You know, there's rules that the Romans had that, that if, if a child was born with, with birth defects or weak, uh, Seneca, the historian, writes this, that, that they would sentence those, 
children to death. So the fact that I got to live is, was, it was a blessing, but it's also a curse because in my day, in ancient Israel, if you're blind or if you're sick, then, then nobody liked you. I had no friends growing up. Nobody was allowed to touch me. And when you're blind, everything else, all my senses are, are heightened. When you're blind, I can hear really good. Like I could hear whispering all the way across the room talking about me. And you know the kind of things they would say to me? They, they would say, well, I, I, wonder, I wonder who sinned. Was it his mom or his dad? And was it him? Did he do something bad? And I would be thinking, I, I, I didn't sin. I didn't do anything. I was just a kid. In school, nobody would help me because you're not allowed to touch me. You're not allowed to touch people who are sick in the ancient world. So I, I became very lonely. I was to myself all the time. And I used to tell myself, at least it's not like being crippled or having leprosy. I mean, those people had it really bad. I was just blind, and it was, it was, a, hard, it was a hard life. So right around, I don't know, a few years ago, I started hearing about this, this Messiah, or this guy, this rabbi from Nazareth named, named Jesus. And for, for years... He would, he, would come into, he would come into our town, and then, and then I would hear things about him. He was healing people. He was doing things. And, and my rabbi was, was the, the synagogue that I go to, Jesus was the talk of the town. They said, who, who is this guy? And some of them, one of the rabbis said, he is a, he's a Pharisee. I mean, he's a, um, he's, he's a, a false prophet. He doesn't know what he's talking about he's stirring up trouble when i would walk in the town i would i would listen to what the roman guards were saying and they're saying if, if he comes around again they're gonna they're gonna arrest him and he G, jesus was so controversial but it just it really interested me because i was blind and i was marginalized and i was the outcast of society and my family even stopped talking to me there's one practice in the ancient world if 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 a child becomes sick or lame or diseased and, and nobody can touch them anymore, then they, then they would stone the child to death. So my life was very lonely, so lonely. And maybe you're sick and you're today and you can relate to that. Um, I don't know if any of you can relate to being blind, but it's hard. It's a hard life, especially in the ancient world. I guess today... You have, uh, what, what is it called, medical insurance? All of you have medical insurance? We didn't have that back then. So you were on your own. And you guys have doctors. Yeah, we have Dr. Luke, and some, but they're just, they were truly practicing. They didn't know. They didn't know. That one, of, one of the cures for blindness is they, they would, uh, just all kinds of weird things. I don't even want to, it was embarrassing to say what kind of things we were doing to, to heal people. We had no good medicine back then. So I was hopeless. And I was always wondering, if I, am I ever going to be healed? And then I hear about this man named Jesus. So I'll never forget. Um, I mean, the story's written down. Matt, this guy named Matthew wrote about it. 
from a Jewish perspective. Mark wrote about it from a Gentile perspective. And this guy named Dr. Luke wrote about it from, he was a doctor. He never really met Jesus. He wasn't an eyewitness for any of these things, but he heard, he heard and he listened and he, was, he wrote it all down. So he's pretty trustworthy. It's interesting when I look back at the story on your Bibles and how it was written, um, they're a little bit different. Like in Matthew, if you look at whoever is, if you have one of those, what do you call it, a Bible? Yeah, we didn't have those back then. In fact, I did some research. You guys didn't even have a printed Bible until the Gutenberg Press about 500 years ago. That's crazy. I wonder what people did before you had those Bibles, those 66, Bible, 66 book Bibles. Anyways, if you look at your Bible, um, I'll tell you the real story. There was two of us there. See, Luke didn't catch that, that there was two of us. I think, Matt, yeah, Matthew recorded that there was two of us. So it was me and my buddy. Okay, we were just sitting there, and we heard a loud crowd. They were, they were going through town. And we heard, we heard. I get goosebumps thinking about this. We heard, Jesus of Nazareth is, is here. And me and my buddy, we were, we were so excited. Because it's, I think this is it. Because we tried the first time when Jesus came around, but we just, it was just so crowded, and we couldn't, we, we couldn't have a, a meeting with him. We couldn't interaction. So this time I knew Jesus had been around the scene for about three years at this point. You want to know something cool, too? I was the very last person that Jesus healed. Look it up. Look in your Bibles. He doesn't heal anybody else after me. I was the last person that Jesus healed. Part of history as the last person that Jesus healed is, is pretty significant to me. So as Jesus was coming, me and my friend were both blind. No one wants to touch us. No one wants to go near us. And, and we, hear, we hear the crowd here, right? And, and people are, are so mean. Like, we were in the way, and people were actually just jabbing us with their sticks. And, and I heard his voice. I knew, I knew it was him as he was preaching and teaching. As he goes by, I said, this is it. I, told, I looked at my, I looked, I turned to my friend, and I said, this is it. I don't know if we're going to see him again. He's been around for three years. We've never got a chance with him. I'm just going to yell out. And so I started yelling. And I said, David, I said, son of, have mercy on me, son of David. And you know what people did? They told me to shut up. They said, hey, quiet. He said, quiet. He doesn't want to hear from you. You're crippled. You're not supposed to be talking to the rabbi. You be quiet. And I said, no way. You're not telling me to be quiet. So I yelled louder. And I told my friend, let's yell louder. And he goes, all right, I'll do it if you do it. And I said, I don't care. I don't care about these people. So I yelled at the top of my lungs, son of David, son of David, have mercy on me. And one last guy, he said, hey, if you don't, if you don't shut up, if you don't shut up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something to you. And then, and then you know what I heard? Jesus says, hey, bring him here. And that same guy that was mean to me, he goes, oh, I mean, uh, I mean, what I, what I meant was the, the rabbi wants to see you. Come with me. And so these, these guys, I think it was his disciples, they grabbed me, which, is, which felt so, it was different because nobody's allowed to touch me. So when they helped me up and my buddy, they helped me up, they, they brought me right before Jesus. 
And there was something about it. Right, right when they brought me to Jesus, I could feel his presence. I could feel the power in the room. And we were outside. I could just feel his presence. I could feel his love. And as they brought me before him, he, he, Jesus, he put his arm, he put his hand on my neck like this. Just like this. It was, it was such a tender touch. And, and he, he grabbed my face like this, and he star- I could tell he was staring at me. Because I'm not completely blind. I could see light, and I can see, like, 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 if I go like this, if you go like this with your hand, you know, you could see, I can see that much. And I could tell this figure was right in front of me, and he, and he says, uh, what can I do for you? This is, this is the Son of God. He says, what can I do for you? Now, you might wonder, how come I didn't say Jesus of Nazareth? Have mercy on me. Why did I call him the, the son of David? What does that mean? Well, you're, you're American, so you probably don't know what that means, but I'm Jewish. You know what that means? For me to call him the son of David means he's the seed of David that will take the throne forever and ever. I'm basically, when, when a Jew calls someone the son of David, I'm calling him the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach in Hebrew. Joshua, the Messiah. Jesus, the Messiah. Yeshua HaMashiach. So when I say son of David, I'm saying Messiah, the one that was prophesied for years, that would be the seed of David that would take the throne forever. That's, that's why I said son of David. I'm not a non-believer. I, I believe thoroughly that this man was the Messiah. I would hear people talk about him. I heard the stories that he did. His very first miracle was in a town called Cana when he turned water into wine. After that, things spread. People started following him. And for three years, for three years, I finally had my face-to-face meeting with Jesus. That's why I called him the Son of Man, because I knew, I knew he was the Messiah. And I was kind of, caught off when he asked me, what, what do you want? What do you want me to do for you? I mean, I could have asked for anything. I could ask for, for a, a million denarii. I could have asked for anything. But I just said, I, I just want to see. Lord, I, I just, I just want to see like everybody else. Because I can't see. And I'm tired of being blind. And you know what he said to me? He said, okay, then see something. Then see. And you know what happened then? I started to see. And my first thing that I ever saw in my life was Jesus' face. And I was never the same. I was never the same. He had this look of love and tenderness and compassion And I had been crying out to him. And then he healed my friend too. So we looked at each other. And I was like, wow, that's what you look like? And he goes, that's what you look like? And we just started laughing. And and I looked around. And he was surrounded by 12. There was 12 of his guys. 12 of his disciples. And you would have, I know they've been seeing miracles for three years. Because he's been around for three years. But they all had this look on their face like, 
like it was their first time seeing a miracle. But really, it was the last miracle that they'd ever seen, that they would see. So I, I'm sharing you my story because I, I want you to I want you to experience the same thing. And, and looking around the room, I don't think anybody in here is blind. But maybe it's something else you're crying out for. You know what? For my situation, I could sum it up in, in a few things. I'll show you. Uh, someone drew a picture of, of, of it, and, and, and that was it, when Jesus touched me. Some of your Bibles say that I was healed. Well, that's not the original Greek word in the Bible. It's sozo. When he touched me, he saved me. That's the, that's the word for saved in the New Testament. It's the Greek word sozo. And it, make, it can mean saved, delivered, healed, restored. It's used all over the New Testament for different types of salvation. It can be used for salvation from sin, from the, from the penalty of sin. That word sozo could be used from the, from the salvation from the power of sin in your life. Anybody have any addictions in here? Well, we call that bondage. We call that sin. It can be used, sozo can be used for saved, uh, you know, that guy Paul. He writes a lot of New Testament books. Uh, he talks about being saved from the presence of sin. That is sanctification. That means absent from the body, face to face with the Lord. Never have to deal with sin ever again. So that word sozo is, is all three. Saved from the penalty of sin, justification. Saved from the, from the power of sin in our lives, that's sanctification. And saved from the presence of sin, which is glorification. All those things. When Jesus touched me, I experienced everything. When Jesus touched me, I experienced all. I not only received my sight, I, re I had complete and total healing. And I wonder, I wonder if Jesus listens and heals people like me. For one, I was desperate. And I had been waiting a long time. I had been waiting a long time to be healed. And every day my prayer was, Lord, is this my day? Is this the day I get to see? I want sight. You know what also, what I also did is I silenced the noise of the world. There's two voices that will be ringing in your head every single day. It's the voice of the world and it's the voice of God. And my challenge to you, friends, is who are you going to listen to? If I turn up the voice of the world, all I hear is shut up. Nobody wants to hear you. Nobody wants to talk to you. Get back in your place. You're a nobody. Go back to where you came from. But if I turn up the voice of Jesus, if I just listen and I tune into the voice of Jesus, then all I will focus on is that instead of all the noise around me. We didn't have cell phones back then in my day. I walk around now and I see there's so much noise. I mean, we only knew of the news that was right in front of us. You people know news across the world and every tragedy at the swipe of your finger. That seems miserable to me. I don't want it. It seems like too much. It seems like way too much noise. 
And so you have a different challenge than I did in the ancient world. You might have to get away every morning and silence all that noise, or maybe wake up in the morning and just spend time with God. But it's, you have a struggle that I, that I don't deal with. I, in my time, over 2,000 years ago, there, there wasn't the different types of noises that you have, but it was, it was a different type of noise. Every day for my whole life, people would tell me I'm not going to be healed. They would tell me all these negative things, and I had to silence them. Literally, to the point, to the day where Jesus was, was in front of me, and they're telling me, get out of here, I had to silence. I had to silence those voices. And another thing, I just had to count on his grace. I said, I don't, I just, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm diving in. I'm going to dive in, and I'm going to yell his name. I'm going to count on the fact that he has grace for me. I'm going to put it all out there. And I'm going to be completely honest. So, I would like to challenge everybody here. On your, on your bulletins, maybe you have a piece of paper, which is cool because paper was not available in my day. You people are so blessed. You could write. You could read. I didn't know how to do any of that. But if something up here, if, what type of blindness do you have? What type of blindness are you suffering from today? Maybe it's not physical. Maybe it's some sort of emotional blindness. Maybe, maybe something physical. Maybe there's something with your body that, that you would want healing from. Maybe it's spiritual. Maybe you say, you know what? I don't have the faith like my friends or my family has. And I really, really want that. I don't know how to believe in Jesus like, like somebody else. I don't have that kind of faith. Maybe today's your day where you just cry out to him and you don't care about what anybody else says or thinks about you. You just cry out to God. You just cry out and you say, I, I so want to believe. Help my unbelief. That's scripture. Maybe it's psychological. Maybe, maybe there's some sort of ailment. So I'm going to have this time right now, just, just a minute of silence. And I want you to go before Jesus and cry out to him. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, uh, someone wrote a song about me. It's a really cool band. I guess you guys have this thing called Spotify and iTunes. Well, I looked it up. I looked up uh, Bartimaeus, son of David. And there's a lot of songs written about me. So I will sing my favorite version. But let's just take a minute right now of, of prayer and silence, and go before the Lord. Don't worry about all the noise of the world. Don't worry about anybody to your right. Just you go before God and explain to him where you want some healing and sight. Let's pray.
Lord, thank you for um, your healing. Thank you that you give sight to the blind. Lord, we all take a posture in here of just desperation and patience. We've been waiting. Son of David, have mercy on me. That's our prayer, Lord. Son of David, have mercy on me. king is coming to this city and crowds around are following if I could see and I would follow too and he heals the sick with his hands as he Walks by, they reach for him. If I could see, and I would reach out too. The blind won't gain their sight by opening their eyes. Son of David. Have mercy on me, son of David, have mercy on me, son of David, I long to see, son of David, have mercy. I cannot leave this gate since I cannot see my way but I will stand and call his name no I could never leave this gate but I will stand shout his name and I will count on his grace son of David have mercy on me son of David have mercy on me son of David I long to see, Son of David, have mercy. I was blind, now I see, cause Jesus I was 
save me. Friends, thank you for hearing my story and listening to uh, my story of Jesus healing me. My, my prayer is that you would experience the same healing and cry out to him. Lord, thank you for this time. I pray that you'd hear everyone who's crying out to you today for salvation, for sight, for something different today, for them to, to never again be the same after your healing touch. And I pray this in your wonderful and beautiful name. Amen.